Oh, it's playoff time. Just about in the middle of a Tuesday night football game. That's crazy, man. It's Tuesday night. We still have football on. The league's technically not settled yet. There's still an outside chance, but it's pretty much done. But we are getting ready to head into the danger zone here, baby. Playoff fantasy football in the year of COVID. This, I mean, who really thought that we would get there? I mean, we had a few games postponed, but there hasn't been, you know, any outright cancellations. You know, knock on wood. Hopefully it doesn't happen in the playoffs, but all things considered, it's it's going smoothly, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess we we set this big scenario up to start the year off of, oh shit, what's going to happen when the league gets canceled, when we miss yep. games, and the NFL basically said, you motherfuckers thought way too hard about this. We're a billion, multi-billion dollar industry. There's no way we're losing revenue. We're going to play fucking games. And the only, the only, I think the really only game it shit on this year was the Denver Broncos. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because the Broncos obviously kind of got screwed because they didn't follow protocols, but. Des Bryant is seen hugging people on the <laughs> sidelines and, you know, coaches for them and everything. And they're like, uh, no, Des, you're out. There were no close contacts. We're good to play. Yep. I, yep. It's, it's an interesting piece. And as we continue to move into now, what's the most important three weeks for four teams, the important, most important two weeks for other teams and six weeks uh, or, you know, six teams just basically sit back with their thumb up their asses and figure out what they're going to do for next year. And this is where I think well, we're going to, yeah, we're going to well, cover I mean, a whole bunch of stuff. We're going to this week. We'll talk. We got to talk about Carson Wentz. Yes. That yes. silly situation. It's just not going away. We're going to recap a humongous blockbuster or just the only trade that went down. We will look at some of those teams that have their thumb up their ass and how the draft order sits for the top six uh, picks. Um, and then, we'll, of course, it's playoff time. So let's we'll go through that and talk about the two matchups this week and give our thoughts and. Let's see if I can mount a comeback in the pick'em section. <laughs> it's it's a very interesting pick'em section here. I hold a two-game lead, but we'll get into that a little bit later. All right, so let's start with Carson Wentz. Um, uh, do we really want to? Well, you know, I don't think Philly wants to, but here we are. And Carson Wentz started the game, and he kind of continued what we've seen for the last month, and that's been you know struggles and disappointment. And finally, for more than just one play or two plays, we saw Jalen Hurts come in and... I mean, I'm not going to say he looked amazing, but he certainly didn't look bad. And the offense definitely had a better flow than we've seen from once in probably about a month. Um, And now it came out this morning that Peterson said Hurts is going to be the starting quarterback. So, Dan, I mean, let's let's start with Jalen Hurts. How do you feel about him um, just as a player for the rest of this year? And can he potentially win this job for the long term? This is an interesting piece to it because you haven't seen a whole lot of hurts. I mean, we, we watched him come out of Oklahoma and he looked very good. And obviously, I mean, when you when you spend as high of a draft pick as the Eagles did to acquire him to solidify, whether it's a backup role or Carson Wentz coming off of a major injury, it's it's an interesting piece to it. Coming in, spelling the, the Green Bay piece to it, uh, goes 5 of 12 for 109 yards, throws a touchdown, throws a pick, which Carson Wentz, we've seen do that fucking all year. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's young, he's hopeful and you've got to feel better about the optimistic side from a young kid versus a guy that just signed a massive fucking extension who basically tried to take the Jameis Winston route, but he, he was just shittier than Jameis Winston. At least Jameis Winston went 30 and 30, you know, Carson Wentz is 16 and 15 this year, three weeks where he's had more touchdown passes than he's had interceptions. And fun fact, I don't know if you know this, but he's he has thrown an interception in all but two games this year. 
that's not very encouraging. No, not at all. It's it's not good. So I think from from a lo- from a short term aspect, this is where you get to see what Jalen Hurts is made of. From a long term aspect, I think this is where if Jalen Hurts can really take care of business here over the last final stretches, where he's got a tough matchup against New Orleans, a favorable matchup against Arizona, a decent matchup against Dallas, and a not so favorable matchup against Washington, who just beat the Steelers. Fuck you, Pittsburgh. Um, this is where you're really going to see if this kid's going to be able to make hay, and I mean, when we look at how shitty the NFC East is, maybe this is the spark Philly needs to close the division. So I'm going to say short-term wise, you're 50-50. Long-term wise, I'm going to say you're 35-65 with it because I still think Carson Wentz takes the job with the amount of money Philly invested in, Philly invested into him into 2021. Yeah, I mean, I think I, – I feel like for the short-term – uh, Hertz is going to be better than Wentz just because I think it's more of a testament of how bad the line is and a mobile quarterback, I think could just be more successful because, you know, you got to move and Wentz, you know, ever since the ACL, he's just had a little bit of problems with how he can, um, you know, how he just, he just looks uncomfortable at times moving out of the pocket and relying on his legs. So Hertz, I think is going to be beneficial in that aspect. Um, I think for Philly, like for the long term, I think this is them seeing what they have because, you know, they drafted Hurts in the second round. And right now they're looking to have a top six draft pick. You know, this is looking like a pretty deep quarterback class. So they might not get the they're not going to get the first quarterback. They're probably not going to get the second quarterback, but they could be in position to get maybe the third quarterback. And if Hurts isn't the guy, if they don't think Wentz is the guy, you know, at least they exhaust their options maybe this last month and they can be more comfortable drafting a quarterback if they want to go that route. Um, but I mean, it's, it's difficult with, like you said, and we talked about last week is just the money that's owed to Wentz. I mean, we don't see teams just say fuck it and eat all that cap very often um, and eat the, the money owed. So it'll be interesting if it, if it happens, but you know, stranger things have happened, right? Yeah, I mean, the big question I have for you is, is mm-hmm. quarterback the first or second position that this Philadelphia team needs to address this offseason? Well, I mean, I think for any team, if you have a chance to draft a quarterback high, you have to consider it. So if you're, you know, you look at the Jets, the Jags, they're obviously going to consider it. But you look at a team like Cincinnati Bengals, you know, the Chargers, the Dallas Cowboys, all three teams that are in the top five right now, you have to look at it and be like, okay, is Joe Burrow the guy? Is Justin Herbert the guy? Is Dak Prescott the guy? And if you feel comfortable with that, you know, fine, good. You're not going to consider a quarterback. But if not, I think you've got to do your due diligence. So for Philadelphia, I think it it might not be, or it is the biggest need, because if you don't have a quarterback, you don't have a team in the NFL. So I'm not saying that Carson Wentz isn't the quarterback or isn't the guy, but I think for the team that's in place with the GM and the coach, maybe that's not the case but that might have some ulterior motives because maybe they're trying to cover their asses. Yeah. And I think I look at it and saying it's all funny games until you can't protect the guy. And Carson Wentz has had a lot of, a lot of pressure on him. He said he's been sacked 50 times this year, 50 with it. Like last 2019, he was sacked 37 times with it. And granted, he only played, you know, 12 games. Yep. In 2018, he started 23 games. He was sacked 31 times. So in, in what is this, eight less games, he was sacked 19 more times. That can't be good. 
He's got 10 fumbles this year compared to nine in 2018. I think this offensive line is a piece to address. They've went out and they tried to get a couple weapons. You know, Jalen Rieger's obviously really good with it. Um, when Alshon Jeffrey's healthy, that's that's encouraging. They've got a couple of young guys that are unproven with it. There's a couple optimistic pieces to it. You have arguably one of the best one-two punches in the tight end slot yep. there when both healthy. Um, but if you can't stay upright, it doesn't fucking matter. And Deshaun Watson can tell you all about that. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, so let's talk about like just in the short term. Do you how do you think the Hertz switch impacts guys like Dallas Goddard, Zach Gertz, you know Miles Sanders, um, Jalen Rieger, Alshon Jeffrey, Travis Fulgham? You know the list goes on. Like, yep. is this an upgrade for the overall offense? And do those guys get a uh, more value? Is it about the same? You know what's what's your thought? All right, so. And this is one of those hard ones to say because God, God knows why Jordan Howard was getting carries as early and often compared to Miles mm-hmm. Sanders and Boston Scott. Like, what the fuck did those two guys do to get bent the fuck over and get butt fucked by Jordan Howard? Like that, I don't understand any part of that because Jordan Howard has no business being on those field with what you've watched Boston Scott do and Miles Sanders do this year. I want to say it, I want to say it's an uptick for both Miles Sanders and Boston Scott. Those are the only two people that should be touching the ball out of the backfield. Mm-hmm. I think this hurts Dallas Goddard. I think this hurts Jalen Rieger. I think this hurts Alshon Jaffrey. I think this hurts Travis Fulgham. But at the end of the day, I mean, this is a young kid that you're just going to let fucking fling the ball around the field and make plays with his legs. Um, I still think it favors the running back situation more than it does the wide receivers. But there's more boom for the wide receivers with Jalen Hurts than there is with Carson Wentz. If Fair enough. Any fucking nope. sense. No, that makes sense. I mean, right. it's, kind of the, it's kind of the old adage that running quarterbacks help running backs. So I buy that. You know, Hertz is super mobile and he can. Uh, I could see Sanders, Scott, or the corpse of Jordan Howard having success uh, with him under center. Um, all right. Last topic or last thing with this before we move on. Um, just simple question Is Carson, or let's start, is, okay, is Carson Wentz a starting quarterback in 2021? Yes. Is Jalen Hurts a starting quarterback in 2021? Um, I think Jalen Hurts ends up taking the job halfway through the year because Carson Wentz, I think, is a on his way out. I don't know if it's whether it's the knee or it'll be part of his offseason lack of confidence that he needs to redevelop. I, I think it's going to be Jalen Hurts halfway through the year. I, I give Carson Wentz the time to, to do it earlier. If they can't protect him, it doesn't fucking matter. Right. You? Yeah, I'll say Wentz is the starting quarterback, but um, this will be very telling for Hertz because I think Wentz is the starting quarterback whether Hertz wins or loses this job because I think there will be a demand for Wentz if he was on the open market or traded. So, yep. all right. Um, so last week was the trade deadline in our league, and uh, you know it was kind of quiet. Uh, yeah, we did not. It, very uneventful. We saw just one trade go down. And um, it actually involved me and Armand. Um, We've been making some deals over the last few weeks. Um, And let's see, I sent Nikhil Harry, who's the wide receiver for the New England Patriots, and Armand sent uh, a 2021 third-round draft pick, which is Jerry's, and it's now penciled in as the second pick in the third third round, and a 2022 fourth-round draft pick that is Armand's. Uh, Dan, as the outside outside third party, how do you, what are your views on this trade? I think it all depends on who plays quarterback for the New England Patriots. I think that's ultimately where it breaks down. Nikhil Harry is a talented individual, but mm-hmm. 
Cam Newton really hasn't proven much. Jared Stedham's been less than eventful. The New England Patriots need a quarterback. And if they don't go through and address this need, Nikhil Harry is a fucking bust for me. I don't see it. I, I find more value in the, in the, in the second overall third-round draft pick where I think from what we've seen out of Nikhil Harry with his current quarterback situation is where he sits. Now, if he gets a quarterback, can he absolutely get an uptick? You better fucking believe it. But as it sits right now, I, I'll take the draft picks, man. Yeah, I mean, that that's obviously my logic. But, you know, to play devil's advocate, to look at our man side, I mean, when we talk about, like, the idea of, like, a buy low, you know, yeah. and a player that, you know, maybe you can get that has, like, for cheap, but has the immense upside, you know, Nikhil Harry's at. He's 18 months removed from being the first wide receiver taken in his draft. He went to a difficult New England offense that we knew was going to, you know, all wide receivers take time to learn. And, you know, he was injured his rookie year, and now it's been a COVID year, and he has a new quarterback. He hasn't been great. But the talent, you know, the pedigree and all that stuff is still there. So he went third overall, I think, in our rookie draft. You know, for the picks that Armand paid, it's pretty low. So, I mean, this is a guy that could definitely skyrocket up rankings if he does get that quarterback and if he does, you know, continue to grow because it's not purely just on Cam that he's failing. Like mm-hmm. he's still got to learn to run routes a little bit better because it's not pretty watching him like run because he looks like a, a little bit more like a tight end than a wide receiver out there. He's, yeah. he's very lumbering when I see him. But Yeah, I think if he finds some offseason help, he and not again, like you said, not just in the quarterback position here, but some some veteran wide receiver help to help him finite and precision what he's doing out there. That's great. I, yes, coming out of Arizona state, one year experience in the league, you got to feel good about the youth aspect to it. And you bought low. You're right. He went very, very early on with a lot of hype and we just haven't seen it being delivered, whether that's an injury piece, whether it's, you know, the lack of playability to get him in the ball, or it's just the fact that, He's looked like shit. Um, chalk it up to anything where you want to. If I lean one way, I'm going to take the draft picks with this. That's just me. No, fair enough. Um, so this trade deadline, I mean, was pretty quiet. Were you surprised that we didn't see like a bigger deal go down or, you know, any other deals for some of the playoff teams? Yeah, I think there was a couple interesting pieces. I, I, I kicked myself in the fucking ass for part of this because I had a deal on the table that I, I missed late where I, when I saw it come through. So that's fucking on me. I apologize um, with part of it because I probably would have traded a fourth round pick for Adrian Peterson had I fucking looked at part of it. Which <laughs> that might have helped for me finishing the season out here. But, you know, let bygones be bygones with it. Um, I don't know. I think overall it was kind of an interesting year for the trade pieces to it. Um. A lot of a lot of big names had been on the move. A couple really really decent mm-hmm. trades went through, but a lot of mediocre talent being moved for mediocre potential lottery picks to it. And we're going to see how this kind of plays out as the years to come. Um, I don't know. I get. I mean, you you definitely Picasso this up more than I do. You take a look at some of this stuff more in depth with it. What do you think? Um, I mean, I was probably a little bit surprised that we didn't see a trade in the. Justice League uh, division. I thought it's very close right now between yourself, Kevin, and uh, Stefan. And I, I know Kevin made that big move for Kelsey, but I mean, I, and I keep traded for Tannehill. 
but he still has a lot of depth. I mean, Stefan's always wheeling and dealing. And even your team, I mean, you're one of the few that have a first-round pick, and I think some of your depth is, um, not even depth, just some slack, your end-of-the-bench starters are a little bit suspect. So I thought there was maybe a recipe for a trade, and, you know, it takes two to tango, so obviously it's easier said than done, but that was the only thing that maybe caught me a little bit off guard. Yeah, it's, yep, I mean, this is where moving second, third-round picks potentially turned into depth pieces, guys that have the ability to start kind of different pieces that go along with it versus, you know, you trying to bail your ass out in some of these things. And this is where some of these guys that have the additional depth pieces, but don't have the middle to later rounds of draft picks to develop depth for players that potentially could be drafted behind their starters Mm -hmm. could potentially come to bite them in the ass, AKA me. (laughs) Fair enough. Well, let's uh, move on. You know, the trade's going to reopen when the playoffs end. So feel free to keep talking, but nothing's going down until, I don't know, shortly after Christmas, roughly. Yeah. Um, but let's talk about, you know, for the teams that didn't make the playoffs, um, many of those teams are picking now, have, are the draft order is set. Armand's got the first over, or the first selection. Jerry has the second. Sam has the third. Chris's team is four. Uh, Steve is five. And Adam is six. Um, now for the first round purposes, um, Armand, Jerry, Sam, and Chris have their one through four picks, but for pick five, it's going to be Jerry who has Steve's pick and pick six is six is going to be Sam who has Adam's pick. Um, we're not going to, you know, do a mock draft or anything like that or go through that, but let's just kind of go through each pick and, you know, maybe what's each team might be thinking, or I'm going to run some hypotheticals by you, Dan, and let's yeah. just, let's bounce it off. So Hell let's yeah. start with Armand. And Armand's team has definitely been interesting over the last month. We've seen some trades. He's targeted some young players, maybe a little bit aggressively, um, and moved up er, and moved some draft capital for that. Um, We know Trevor Lawrence is going first overall. You know, that's a 99.9%. The 0.1% is he goes back to school. Like, he's going to be the first overall pick. Is there a chance that it's not made by Armand? Could he trade this pick? I'm... So I'm going to play the devil's advocate here. And I was going to say, if if this was truly the pick, we would have gone from tanked for Tua to mm-hmm. losing for Lawrence. <laughs> and and this is where I'm, I'm curious. I don't think Armand moves it. I think Armand, when we look at his quarterback situation, yes, he's got Tua with part of this. Mitchell Trubisky is not going to potentially have a job to begin yep. with for next year. Um, Chicago did not re-sign him to the one-year piece. Dwayne Haskins is out of a job at the moment and comeback player of the year, you know, Alex Smith is looking relatively decent with yeah. it. Um, Tyrod Taylor did decide not to sue a doctor that took him out of a starting position. God bless Justin Herbert owners with it. I, th- I don't think Armand moves on from this pick. I think this is his ability to, to take it. Um, the, my, my thought is, is, is Trevor Lawrence dumb enough to go back to fucking school? Understanding the Jets fucking blow if they keep Adam Gase. Um so here's a question. Yeah. Armand obviously needs a quarterback. Yes. What like quarterback would you need to trade Armand to get Trevor Lawrence? Josh Allen's not moving off my roster. Well, I mean, not saying for you <laughs> in general, but let's just oh, just for teams um, in general. Like, obviously, you're not going to trade Mahomes. You're not going to trade. You know, you said Josh Allen. Yeah. Um, you, you know, know Lamar at, Jackson. Yep. You're probably, I'm not moving, you know, Wilson, Watson, or Kyler. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, 
would Nick trade Dak Aaron Prescott? Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, Prescott? Oh. I mean, let's. I think Aaron Rodgers is a little bit too old, but let's speculate for Mr. Ruth and Armand. If you're Armand, it, it looks like he wants to contend. Like that's kind of what I pieced together from some of his moves, um, just with the vision long term. Do you consider Dak Prescott? If your Nick is Trevor Lawrence enough for Dak Prescott? I mean, I think. I I, I mean, I think you gotta you gotta think Trevor Lawrence is going to be better than Dak Prescott. You would have to think, but. Oh, that's a that's a really good one. I didn't think you were going to start so fucking heavy on some of this. That's a really, <laughs> that's a really good fucking question. Yeah, um, I mean that's that's the only one that looks like it could potentially be an option because I think Armand needs a quarterback, and if he gets a quarterback, he wants to get a star. And Dak Prescott has been a fantasy star. I mean, he looked great. He was on pace for like seven thousand yards before his ankle imploded. Um, I don't know. Food for thought, but just my random yeah, idea. I think, I think when we look at the part of this, it's it's you know how does how does Armand get better? And I I, I don't think this moves. I think uh-huh. Armand stays pat. I I just when you have a shot at Trevor Lawrence, you got to you know, take it. You've got to take it. Just like Chicago okay. decided that they were going to take a chance with Mitchell Mitchell Trubisky because they thought he was better than Mahomes and Watson. Like yep. fuck, like it's just what it's going to be. With it. I think I think Armand shoots his shot here, and you know what? If you're going to lose with the guy that fucking goes number one to the shittiest team in the fucking league, so be it. Yep. Um, all right, let's move on. I'm Jerry's picking number two. Um, for I mean, there's a little bit more. I think variety potentially with this pick. Uh, Justin Fields seems like the the favorite. Yep. But depending on where you look, we see you know running backs. Najee Harris is very high. Um, a lot of people like Devontae Smith and Jamar Chase. Um, is this a lock to be a quarterback, or do you think like? Could we see a position player, a running back, or wide receiver, or dare I say a tight end, potentially go here? No tight end. Not a shot in hell. No wide receiver. Jerry's fucking stacked at the wide receiver position. This comes down to me is the quarterback versus running back situation. And Jerry has, at the end of the day, a opportunity with Kyle Allen and Jacob Eason if Phillip Rivers retires. This, to me, is Justin Fields. Yep. This is this is a quarterback position. Jerry's got some options with Marlon Mack, maybe. Um, with that's basically it. But Jerry's also he needs picking, both. Yeah, yeah, he needs he needs five, and I think this is where Jerry can address. Well, we start two quarterbacks. That's where I'm going to basically sit with this. Yes, we start two running backs, but running backs can range between 16 and 32, depending on what team you're on. Quarterbacks range, or I'm sorry, you know, 32 to 64, depending on what team you play on. Quarterbacks play one to 32. You go quarterback here. Fair enough. Um, all right. And next coming up on the list, we have Sam. Um, Sam's team is rounding into form. Yeah. It's a lot of like I feel like his starting lineup, he's starting to feel good about it. Um, Sam can go, I think, really just best Anywhere. player available. Yeah. Like he doesn't, he's not as tied down as we see with Armand and Jerry like needing to fill a hole. Um yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Is there? I go, I go running back here. Yeah, I go yep. running back for Sam. I think you've okay. got you've got Josh Jacobs who was out this week with it. AJ Dillon's going to be interesting to see what Green Bay does with their backfield situation. James Robinson's probably earned himself into a contract. Cam Akers has looked good the last two weeks mm-hmm. with it. But this is just another depth piece, and you get the best player available to wherever you know. Hopefully, a great situation that he goes here. I think we watch running back go here for Sam. Okay. I mean, just just because when we look at the quarterback situation, you've got Hurts. 
and Wentz. So you've got the the flip flop between the two of those. Joe Burrow is going to be coming back off of injury. Your future proof with Jordan Love in the Green Bay situation, depending on how long that goes. Um, so you've got options, and yeah, I, again, we play in a two quarterback league, but I think Sam has the ability to maybe be one of the teams where he doesn't necessarily need to start two quarterbacks if he can get significant production out of some of the other players he has in this team. Yeah, I buy that. And then Chris, um, the next two picks are going to be made by teams we already talked about. But for Chris, um, this is where it gets kind of interesting. Um, I had, I, I kind of was an advocate for the last draft that I thought Chris should maybe trade back, you know, try to acquire some more picks. And it's going to be interesting to see how, like, the draft season goes and, you know, who the consensus players are. But, like, right now, just I still feel like that's the the call for Chris. Um you know, it takes two to tango, obviously, but I think Chris potentially needs a, a few areas filled, and I'm not mm-hmm. sure the fourth overall pick is going to do it. I This could be the one that I could see being moved. I think this uh-huh. pick could be – so for Chris, to me, this makes sense to take a quarterback. Two quarterbacks have gone before you. I think we're going to see four or five go in this first round, depending on where these guys go, because I think there's at least going to be four or five starting quarterbacks that are going to be – displaced this year and i think there's some interesting talent coming out of the college thing mm-hmm. with it and garoppolo obviously i'm not sure if he's the best option in san francisco drew lock is being replaced i believe this week as it goes cam newton nobody's 100 sure what's going to happen with him so yep. chris could be needing a quarterback here and if you this is one of those ones where i could see being moved for maybe what we were talking about and ruth moving dak prescott here versus at one Ooh. with i with think Vera. I think Nick needs a lot more than just this pick to move Dak. Oh, I, I agree. And I th- but okay. I think this is one of those ones where this is probably where I could see this maybe happening. Okay. This is this is where we watch a couple pieces come together and this helps Chris's team and Nick gets one of the guys that he can play for the future in his mini rebuild. Right. And I think a lot of that depends on landing spots for some of these for some of these younger guys. You've got the kid from BYU who's looked really fucking good. Um Zach got, Wilson, yeah. Yep, you got the kid from where does he play? Oregon. Who? Or am I, I? I might be a year ahead of myself. Um, there's one or two other North Dakota State. Who's the kid that played at ND State? Did he opt out this year? No, they only had one game. That's Trey Lance. Trey Lance. Um, then we we have for Florida, we've got Kyle Trask, and then for Alabama, Mac Jones, yeah, and then I, obviously Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. Yeah, uh, and those I, six I really guys. It'll be East Coast guys. Go, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, this, it's um, the same thing where we looked at last year where we looked at CEH and, you know, Jonathan Taylor. Where are these guys going to end up and how does that influence where they end up being drafted at? Oh, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it's the draft position or the NFL draft position that determines the value of these players because at the end of the day, we, we think we know a lot and we think we have an eye for this stuff. Don't bet against the NFL. Yeah, they're wrong now and then, but, like, these are the guys that get paid to do this and, you know... If you always draft based on draft position, you're probably going to be right more times than not uh, than if you just like a player more than another. Um, we already talked about Sam and Jerry, so I don't want to mention their next two picks, but just some kind of general things. Yeah. You talked about the quarterbacks and you know how many people could potentially go. Um, how many do you think might go in the top six in our draft? Three. Three? Okay. You? Um, yeah, I think three is about right. I think... I mean, when you look at all the teams picking, you can make a case that they all need a quarterback. Yeah, I think we watched three quarterbacks, two running backs, and the first wide receiver go at six. Okay. 
That's my that's my hashtag foreshadow. Just like we we played in pre week one where everybody was going to finish. This is my way too early draft big board of what we're going to see happen in the first round. All right, and then that kind of segues to my next point, and that's going to be for my most interesting player in this draft, and that's Mr. Kyle Pitts, tight end for Florida Gators. Um, We play in a tight end premium league. it's awesome when your tight end scores fifty-one points in a in a week. Mention um, that or Nick mentioned that, yeah. But where I mean, where do we see Kyle Pitts going? This is a deep draft, but he looks very, very, very good. And obviously, you know, it's going to depend on the NFL draft. But how high do you think he could go if he continues to produce and live up to the hype and expectations that he's the buzz he's getting? He's a first-round draft pick if he ends up in the right situation, one hundred percent. I, I don't think there's any way to to shoot or do part of this. I think if you watch him end up with Russell Wilson in mm-hmm. Seattle, oh fuck, this he he might border top six at that point in time with with oh, yeah. everything that's that's there. And you you stack that up in some of those pieces. Like you've got there's probably six or seven situations where you watch a, a tight end like of his caliber end up with. That you're saying I might can this is an easy top six pick for me, especially in a tight end premium league where tight end volume helps depending on who plays tight end for the New Orleans Saints. I mean, Jared Cook's getting fucking old with some of it. There's a there's a lot of pieces. Uh, oh, that, yeah. That I mean, when you, look at, when you look at like the teams, I mean, you look at I mean, I just look in the middle of the draft right now. They're not in the playoffs. I mean, Florida or excuse me, um, Arizona Cardinals. That would be an yeah. amazing spot for Kyle Dan Arnold is not really the best way to go about it. But yeah. No, not at all. And I mean, you look, I mean, the Dolphins have a few picks. I know they've got Kasicki. Um, you know, uh, we look at a team like Cincinnati or even like the Chargers. I don't think they would take them that high, but those could be teams that we see trade down in the NFL draft because some teams want quarterbacks. They'll probably try to trade up. Maybe we see one of them get it. Um, yeah, it, it's going to be very interesting. I mean, the Patriots always get mocked tight ends. I don't know how fun that would be, but Pitts. Pitts is very interesting. I'm very intrigued by him, and I'm very curious where he goes in the NFL draft and also in our league. So, so gun to your head, Pitts mm-hmm. goes in the first round of our draft. Yeah. You think yeah. so? Oh, yeah, I do. I think easily. I would say at this point, top eight. Okay. Yeah, I, I think in the right landing spot, I think you're 100% correct, especially with the quarterbacks we understand are going to be a big piece to it. The mm-hmm. wide receiver talent is out the fucking ass again this year with what we're going to see coming in. Um, I think the weakest position, I mean, you could argue tight end just with some of the, the pieces and the, the lack of position, but it might be running back that comes out. In terms of the, the weakest in terms of, of tra- in terms of draft talent coming into the NFL. Yeah, I would agree. Running backs, the weakest in this, this draft um, after, I mean, Najee Harris looks really good. Travis Etienne looks really good. And then there's a lot of question marks. Yep. Um, and running backs, you know, it's more so than almost any position. It seems like it's based on situation and who wants to feature them in the offense. So it'll definitely be interesting. There's definitely going to be some late round gems. Um, my last draft related question. Um, we saw a lot of trades happen for first round picks um, for picks like in this draft prior to the draft starting. Do you think we see any first round draft pick move? prior to the start of our draft because i think we saw like a lot of like commotion with that and we saw like picks like i think sam's pick after he traded was moved like four different times after that yeah there and were like a couple three of them picks that went through yeah and there was like three of them or like 
it moved like three times before the draft even started. Um, do you think that'll continue? Do you think we're going to see some teams like now want to wait more until the draft is on the clock and we get that action? Um, or, you know, nothing's going to change and, you know, it'll happen when it happens. I think I think we watch where the clock ticks. I okay. think we watch some more picks disappear as things develop. We watch where some people fly. We see, you know, as it goes, I don't, I would say if I put it at one and a half, first round picks being moved, I think it's under. I, I would say you could even put it as a wash at one. I don't think, I don't think we see any first round picks in this year's draft get moved prior to watching the NFL draft happen. What about prior to like the rookie draft, like in between the NFL? Because there's like a week gap between the NFL draft and our draft. Is, is it a week gap? I thought we started, I thought we started that Monday or Tuesday or we start that Friday. I think we started that Friday. It's it's another okay. league that I think it's. Or gotcha. I'd have to double check, but it's there is a small gap together. Yeah, they all fucking they all did. together. Um, I'm still gonna say I'm still gonna say no. It, yeah, it, I think it, so as well. We wait until the actual draft happens before we watch important first round picks move in some of these things. And I think it, that's the smart approach. These picks are only going to gain more value when you're on the clock. Um, yep. So I yeah, that, that's. I would agree with that as like, well. Like a second round pick for Hayden Hurst. Yep, fuck that one up. <laughs> hey, God damn it! You didn't want Antonio Gibson. No, why would I? And a guy that traded a multiple second round picks for backup running backs that have opportunities to start one week. Yeah, fuck. Well, fuck. let's. I mean, you're Excuse me while I go jump out of my patio window here. I mean, you're looking great for the playoffs. Great segue again. Um, you made the playoffs. Congrats. Yay! The same teams that made the playoffs last year made it this year. And we know the seeds are set. Uh, in the Avengers, it's going to be myself, uh, the one seed. Zane is the two seed. And Nick Ruth is the three seed. And in the Justice League, Stefan is the, the first seed. Again, same two seeds that had the bye last year, had the bye this year. Oh. Uh, Dan, you are the two seed. And Kevin is the three seed. Um, is there any just kind of general thoughts uh, when you see the playoffs and how everything's situated now that it's finally here? Yeah. Justice went one, two, three, the exact same they did last year with it. There wasn't any change with part of it. I believe you're um, Zane and Nick obviously flip flop from last year to this year with it, but Nick went through a small rebuild um, this year. At least I didn't fucking choke away the buy on the, the second to last week or the last week of the year to Stefan. I gave that away a couple couple other pieces to it but yeah i play kevin you know zane plays nick same old shit same old song and dance the aerosmith song that we go with um i think this is this is becoming interesting obviously we've had two years here where we've had the same six teams this this makes me very nervous about the changing of the guard that could potentially be coming and for those teams in the playoffs i think this is a year we relish part of this you survive 2020 you survive covid with some of the more ugly pieces to it i beat mm-hmm. stefan twice i think that's something we just want to highlight here is i'll probably lose to fucking kevin again to start the playoffs <laughs> with it you know just start starting fucking spreading the bad juju again right here um yeah i think this is going to be this is going to be a fun playoff piece to watch i really hope covid doesn't take effect to some of what we're going to talk about from a matchup perspective but any given fucking Sunday, man. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I know you talk about Nick Ruth rebuilding, but it is any given Sunday. I mean, it doesn't oftentimes, I I don't think the favorite wins in fantasy playoffs because it's all a Mm crapshoot and you can just, you do what you can do to put yourself in position to win and getting those buys are huge because it means you have to play one less game, you know, one less game of chance. Um, But it's all about who gets hot and who gets a little bit lucky. 
Um, yeah, momentum's a bitch and everything like that. And depending on players you have on teams that are fighting for playoff contention, teams that are in a comfortable position with it, this is where life gets a little interesting for a management perspective. And this is where, you know, fantasy owners make 600 bucks or they make 200 bucks. This is really where it comes down to it. Or in six other teams' cases, we appreciate your opportunity for a donation this year. <laughs> Donations are nice. Um, well, let's talk about, I guess, the matchups. We just have two this week. Uh, the the semifinals, right? A quarterfinals. Yeah. Uh, it would be the semifinals for the conference championship. I thought it would, yeah. it would you know, yeah. So we'd be semifinals or you know divisional playoffs where it is, and then we get division championship next week, and then we go into the Super Bowl as it sits and and kind of going from there. But yeah, I mean divisional playoffs. Let's talk. Yeah, let's talk. I mean, do you have a preference? Do we start in Justice League? Do we start in the Avengers? I think you start the Avengers. I think it's just one of those ones where we've talked all year about how aggressive the justice league is. Mm-hmm. And I, I still think when we, you put either justice league team up against either, either of the two in the Avengers, I still think that myself or Kevin stands a better chance than either Nick Ruth or Zane do, but I could be talking on my ass because this is the vision that I play in. Sure. Well, let's talk about, then let's, let's do that. Let's talk about the justice league or excuse me, the Avengers. And let's start with Nick Ruth. And I think the biggest like question right off the bat when we look at Nick Ruth's team is Antonio Gibson. Is he going to be back? He left the game early with it sounded like a turf toe injury. And, you know, unfortunately, those can be a bitch and likely keep um, a player out for a week or two. Um, for Nick, if Gibson is out, I mean, that's really devastating. You know, Gibson has been emerging all season and is by far Nick's you know, top running back. Um, so if he's out, I just, I mean, you don't feel great about his matchup. And you didn't feel great to begin with, if we're being honest, when you yeah. look at these two teams. Um, and then when you look at some of the, you know, key players on Nick's team, um, some tough matchups. I mean, Baker Mayfield going up against Baltimore. Um, I know he had a great game this week, but Baltimore is, you know, a different beast than uh, the Tennessee Titans. So that'll be interesting to watch. And, you know, Stefan Diggs going up against Pittsburgh, that could be a little bit difficult, especially after they choked away that game against the Washington football team. Um, but on the flip side, you get, you know, Keenan Allen taking on the Atlanta Falcons. That's a very great strong matchup. matchup. Yeah, that's a very strong matchup that you have to feel great about. Um, and Nick potentially could get some people back, you know, from an injury perspective. When you look at, you know, Curtis Samuel and potentially, uh, who else do I have in my notes? Where's that? Do, 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 stalling, because I'm looking, and I have this written it's not, out. It's not Minshew, is it, right? They're going to go Mark, Mike Glennon, right? Uh, yeah, they're going to go Mike Glennon. Why do I have... Curtis Samuel comes off of a bye and COVID. Yep. With it, so that'll be interesting to part of it. Um I mean, I'm trying to. I'm trying to look through part of this. You got James Washington. You have Curtis Samuel that's coming back. Cohen's not doing anything. Mixon is what's Mixon doing with? Yeah, I don't. Forgive me. It's really just. It it looks like Mixon might return Week 14. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, I mean, does Nick get Curtis Samuel back against? You know, in in his lineup, you know, coming off from COVID, we'll see. Um, It's not a great matchup against Denver, but that could be an option. Um, I think when you look at Nick's team, though. Um, the two weaknesses besides Antonio Gibson being out is the second quarterback. You know, does he have it? Is it going to be Colt McCoy? Um, it's 
doesn't sound like it's going to be Minshew. Okay. Um, so you're just potentially starting maybe one quarterback. And then the flex spots get a little bit, you know, suspect, especially if someone like Gibson's out. Um, Hollywood Higgins had a great game for Nick this week, but can you count on that? Um, Carlos Hyde, you know, he's a backup, even though Carson's not healthy. Um, he's still not just, he's not going to get the volume if, if Carson's in the lineup. So can Nick get some fluky luck? I mean, Darren Fells put up the the big old squad this week. Um, Nick's just got, the flex spots are a little bit dicey. I think, yeah, I think Mixon becomes the interesting piece to it. If Gibson's yeah. not going to play, he needs Mixon, and obviously Mixon is eligible to come back. This is going to be one of those one of those pieces where who the fuck does Cincinnati play this week? This is where I I love that I have multiple screens, but I hate that I don't have enough screens with it. They play the Cowboys. Oh, that's kind of juicy. That's a very good that's matchup. Very juicy. Dear Christ, please don't let fucking Joe Mixon come back. Um, <laughs> but I yeah I. I this is going to rely on Nick's running back situation. He needs health. He needs depth. I don't know if he's going to get it this week. Yeah. And when we look at Zane's team, I mean, let's just start off like with kind of the biggest thing is his quarterback situation. Um, Aaron Rodgers has been great. Um, M- phenomenal MVP player. He like great. Yeah, very much so. And when we look at the quarterback situation, you know, for the number two spot, you know, Justin Herbert has a great matchup against the Atlanta Falcons, but the last two weeks, he hasn't been what we've come to expect this season. Um, is that kind of hitting the rookie wall as, you know, something on tape and found? I don't know. And then we look at Lamar Jackson taking on the Cleveland Browns. Him, too, has been a little bit dicey. He had a great game tonight against, you know, the porous uh, Dallas Cowboys defense. But I think Zane might find himself uh, really thinking hard about that second quarterback. And I don't know if, if one stands out for me on who to start. Uh, is it, do, you, do you give any thought to Alex Smith? No, I think you don't? Justin no. Herbert. And, okay. No, not when, especially, I mean, just, you know, Lamar Jackson is Lamar Jackson and Justin Herbert was, you know, pretty good except for like the last two weeks and he's got a phenomenal matchup. I think you have to start those two. What about you? I Yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those ones. Alex Smith has obviously given, he gave Washington the win against Pittsburgh with it. Um it's an interesting matchup here as he comes in. He plays San Francisco where Josh Allen just fucking shredded that defense. Yes. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. I, I think Josh Allen is far better than Justin Herbert or not Justin Herbert, but, but um, Alex Smith, Yep. but you hope that you can get a rebound here from Justin Herbert. He comes off a 4.36 game. Doesn't look the greatest. Not 20, 26 of 53 through 53 times. Like from a volume perspective, you got to start him, right? Like, I don't think you do anything else other than start at those two guys. Herbert and Rodgers, you live, eat, and breathe, and die with. But it's Lamar. So, I, I don't know. I yeah. it, It's a really tough question, and I'm very curious to see who Zane goes with. Um, when we move on to running backs, I mean, Zane's... It's got to be bittersweet right now. I think if you're Zane probably a month ago, you probably thought you'd feel really comfortable about two of these running backs. But I wonder if he was really expecting David Montgomery and Jonathan Taylor to be those unquestioned guys because Miles Sanders, it's been a little bit of a struggle the last three weeks. Um, some inconsistent usage in this Philadelphia offense. Um, and it's a tough matchup right now going up against new Orleans for them. Um, so I don't know how the Hertz, you know, swap will impact this Eagles offense, but I think Zane has to start Sanders just because of who he has for his you know team as a whole. But 
I mean, David Montgomery has the Houston Texans. Jonathan Taylor has the Las Vegas Raiders. Those are two great matchups. Sanders, we'll see just tizzy usage. I'm I'm really curious to see how that continues this year. Yeah, it's it's yeah. This I think Zane's got the overall better roster, but he's that he means does. he's got that means he's got more decisions to make. And some of them are a little bit more cut and dry than others, but somewhere he could flip it around. Is Demary Demary Bird going to be the answer? Is it going to be Evan Ingram? Do we see guys like uh, Anthony Miller, who had a great week this week with Chicago, come in five for five with for fifty six? Mm-hmm. Uh, Greg Ward had a fantastic week. Uh, he found the end zone with it. You know, Russell Gage. Is this going to be a another good week for Russell Gage? I think Zane's got more options to fuck around with than Nick does. Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty cut and dry, though, for Zane. I mean, he's going to start Monty. He's going to start Jonathan Taylor. He's going to start Hopkins. It was an interesting matchup that Giants defense is turning to be a little bit more difficult than we thought. Uh, Tyler Lockett, obviously. I think Dallas Goddard. Uh, Mike Evans against the Minnesota Vikings. That's going to be an easy start. Sanders, you probably just have to start on principle. Ingram's the only dicey one, um, but he's got that Zona defense that didn't look too hot. Um so we'll see. Maybe maybe you go with him, but that's the only weak link, I think, right now in Zane's starting lineup. Yeah, I I would agree. I mean, do we want to make picks now or do we want to make picks later in the show? I say let's make picks now. Uh, okay. You right now have a two-game lead, so we're going to let you go first uh, to you know give me maybe any competitive advantage. 100% Zane. Sorry, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the obvious one. I, yeah, I, I, I find Zane has better options and more options than Nick does, and yep. for that reason, I give Zane the edge just because he has flexibility. Yep, I agree with you. It's I got to go with Zane. Uh, I really want to pick an upset, but sorry, Nick, I'm just I'm not seeing I, it. Yeah, I don't think it happens. Let's move on then. And this is this is you know this is the matchup of the week. This is the primetime game. This is played at seven o'clock at night. This is the one we're all gonna be watching. You taking on your beloved friend, Kevin. Ah, me and the Kevy boy, yep. You and the Kevy boy. And we're going to start with your team right off the bat. And it all starts. Christian McCaffrey, is he back? Is he going to play? I know you have Mike Davis, but this is the million-dollar question because Mike Davis has been very solid. He is no Christian McCaffrey. You know, when I, What's when I, look, when I look at what my team's done this year, mm-hmm. Mike Davis has been... 80% of the reason why I've won the games that I have for sure and done this and Christian McCaffrey obviously is the better player yep. and you really hope that you get him back they have Caroline I think still has a mild playoff opportunity to to make hay which means that Christian McCaffrey, Christian McCaffrey has fantasy relevancy and you really hope that that's what it comes down to he's got week he plays Denver this is a matchup that you want to have for a fantasy owner perspective to give this man the ball as often as possible. Mm-hmm. I pray that Christian McCaffrey is a hundred percent the answer to what I need to make a fantasy jumpstart in this offense. Am I upset if Mike Davis is the guy to go? No, I still like the matchup against Denver, but you want to have a guy that is a big name like Christian McCaffrey. Just yes or no. Can you win if Christian McCaffrey doesn't play? Can I win? Yes. Do I feel as good about it? No. Okay. Um, all right, and then when we move on, I think the next like big thing that just sticks out for me, and uh, you know, it's you know, it's it's unfortunate luck, but the quarterback matchups. Um, Drew Brees right now, he there's talk he might be activated against Kansas City. 
Um, but then you look, Josh Allen, you have to start. He's playing Pittsburgh. That's going to be rough. Kirk Cousins taking on Tampa Bay. That's tough. Um, and Drew Brees, if he does play, he's playing Kansas City. Um, all those guys are talented enough that they can put on points on anyone. But again, it's you can't feel great about some of those matchups or a guy coming back from like 13 ribs being imploded. Nope. That's one of those ones, especially when you watch, you know, his kids taking care of him at home with that. Mm -hmm. You can't feel really confident about the medical staff with some of it. It's, I mean, Drew Brees is Drew Brees. Mm -hmm. Kirk Cousins has kept me alive through these last couple weeks, you know, with, you know, 22 points, 26 points, 17 points. That's been very encouraging. But fuck, Tampa Bay is a buzzsaw to go into. Kansas City's a fucking buzzsaw. You really hope that Josh Allen has every bit of what he's done against many other teams this week with it. But fuck, yeah. man. Come it is. On. And I mean, yeah. And then we it kind of continues because you've got both those wide receivers. I mean, dealing going on against oh, Tampa so Bay. And I mean, Cole Beasley has been your. Cole Beasley's like probably been your low key MVP, if not Mike Davis. Like he's been phenomenal this year, and that can he keep it rolling against Pittsburgh? I think that's going to be a huge question for you and your team. Um, and when we finish up with wide receivers, you've got you know Devontae Adams might be the top wide receiver right now in the game. He's going up against Detroit. That is the matchups don't get better than that. Yeah, um, Michael Gallup, who came alive this week, he's got Cincinnati. That is another really strong matchup that he could potentially produce in. And on the flip side, Tyler Boyd going up against Dallas, that could be a matchup that he could produce in. So you don't have great matchups for some of your maybe top-tier players outside of Adams, but some of these secondary guys, I think, really have opportunities to shine for you. Yeah, and then, I mean, then we got to look at my tight end position. because it's That's, that's where yeah. I was going to get to. Like, tight end right now is kind of your... It's Russian roulette. Who are you going to start? Because they're all roughly the same tier. And I look at them and I don't, if you told me with, you're like 100% confident in Hayden Hurts, I'd be like, okay, that's right. If you told me Gerald Everett, I'd be like, okay, that's right. If you told me blah, 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 blah. Like I would agree with whoever you say, because they're all, there's no obvious choice here. Yeah. And I mean, matchup wise, Mm -hmm. like the best matchup I have is obviously with Hayden Hurst. But as we've seen teams that have really good matchups, we haven't watched shit happen with it. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's just what it is. It's, I mean, Gerald Everett this week went up against San Arizona, who was a mediocre defense. He got a fucking touchdown. You know, yeah. we look at, then we go up to, to Austin Hooper. Austin Hooper actually had a favorable matchup against fucking Tennessee. Two and his 20. team did amazing. Two and for 24. Fuck me. God. Baker Mayfield had the best game of his career. Yeah, and, and and he had absolutely nothing to show for it. Nick Boyle's going to be – he's on IR. Jordan Akins. Like, when all the wide receivers for, you know – Houston died Houston, or got traded or released. for PEDs, yeah. Yep. With it, he goes out and he has a tough matchup against Indianapolis. Two for fucking 10 yards. Like, yep. come the fuck on. Hayden Hurst goes out and has a decent matchup against the Saints. One for fucking nine. Like, mm-hmm. like, you want to talk about a fucking roulette, Russian roulette show? Yeah, welcome to my tight end position, dude, yeah. or my running back situation. Like, the only the only position I actually feel really good about is the fact that I can start Devontae Adams. I'm going to start Josh Allen. <laughs> right, and nothing yeah. wrong with that. Those guys are those and are Cole studs Beasley. this year. And Cole Beasley, which has been fantastic. Thielen's look good in the red zone. Tyler Boyd was great with fucking you know, um, 
what's his nuts that got injured? Ah, fuck Joe Burrow. But then he throws fucking punches at Xavier Howard and spends the rest of the game on the fucking, you know, dugout. In the locker room. Fuck me, man. Yeah, I mean, with the tight end, for me, if gun to my head, I'd probably go Austin Hooper, or excuse me, um, uh, Hayden Hurst. But yeah. you, it's it's not great. No, nope, this is going to be the Dan's going to come down to having a mild morning afternoon thought with whatever time these games are played, and he's going to mm-hmm. panic and flip his shit right at the very end, and we're going to see if it pays off. Yep. And when we move on to Kevin's team, Kevin, I mean, like, right now when we talk about, like, team – or let me just go through all this. When we look at quarterbacks, it's – I'm assuming Kevin's going to start Ryan Tannehill and Matt Stafford, and I don't fault that and think that's an incorrect choice. But Sam Darnold's interesting. I mean, I don't know if you want to ride your playoff hopes on him, um, but he's got Seattle, and Seattle has not been has not been great. Um, but again, do you want to risk your playoffs on the Jets, Adam Gase, and Sam Darnold? Probably not. Um, but who knows? And I think the other thing that like sticks out for Kevin, um, it's. It might be Hunter, or it might be a Derrick Henry season because yep. when you look at right now, like his schedule, he's got Jacksonville this week, he's got Detroit Lions next week, and he's got Green Bay the week, the following week of that in the Woody Championship. Three fucking weeks in the that is year for a that is juicy. Back. So when you look at Kevin and you look at like he's got Derrick Henry, like this is we could see Derrick Henry go like I, I was it last year like he he had a three week stretch where he put up like 120 points. Like, we could see Derrick Henry go on that stretch. Now, can Kevin's team win and, like, continue, like, to capitalize on that stuff? That's going to be the million-dollar question. Because when we look at Kevin's team, I think, you know, 1 through 30, like, no offense, Kevin blows you out of the water. Oh, yeah, 100%. But Kevin has, when we look at his team, he's got Derrick Henry, Calvin Ridley, Travis Kelsey, and his two quarterbacks. Those five players are 100% being started unless they get injured. But who's the other five? Marvin Jones, Michael Pittman, Juju Smith-Schuster, Robbie Anderson, J.K. Dobbins, David Johnson, Todd Gurley if he's healthy, Mike Williams, Kenny Galladay if he's healthy, Brandon Ayi, Hunter Henry, Mike Gesicki. All those guys you could 100% convince me have to be started. But I just rattled off what? Uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, seven, 7, 8, eight players, 9, yeah. 10, 11, 12 guys. 12 guys that Kevin is probably considering for five guys. Or for five spots. And... That is where it's going to get interesting for Kevin is, you know, there's no wrong spots. Like, there's no wrong starter among those 12 guys. But if he, you know, if if Kevin does lose this week, it's probably because he, you know, started Juju, but he didn't start Robbie Anderson. And Robbie Anderson went for 25 and Juju went for five. You know, something like that. Um, And that's, I think... That's what's going to determine this matchup. You know, does Kevin start the right starters with his depth? And does your, your studs produce in these difficult matchups? Yeah, I mean, for uh, Kevin has, the, has easily the more roster decisions to make than I do. Oh, for and sure. That, and that's where, you know, you put the bad juju on him. You say, hey, Kevin, don't fuck this up with it. Like, I mean, do you start a juju Smith-Schuster? Seven, you know, nine point eight points against Washington, who has one of the better pass defenses. Michael Pittman kind of sucked balls with it. You know, Calvin Ridley, yeah, he put up fifteen. Kevin's not going to move away from him. Mm-hmm. But you look at part of the people on his bench. Mike Gesicki has had found a an amazing hookup with Tua Tonga Viola. With it, Brandon Ayuk had a 
banger week with it. Um, Mike Williams, I mean, you got to think it's going to going to take care of his stuff. And he's got a favorable matchup against Atlanta with part of it. Robbie Anderson has been relatively decent the entire year. Kevin has so many different roster decisions to make with part of this. I just like on my end, I hope Kevin fucks it all up. Do I think that's going to happen? Nah, probably not. There's probably a little bit more cut and dry decisions that need to happen. But I mean, Kevin, like I talked to you a lot on this podcast, man. Can you fuck this up for me? You beat me last year. Okay, like, give me one. Let me play Stefan to fucking try and settle the score. I've beat him twice during the regular season. Now let me fucking go at him. But yeah, fuck. It's not going to happen. Yeah. I mean, let's, should we make our picks? Is there yeah, I'm ta- I'll, I'll take Kevin. Like I'm, I'm ahead. I'm going to take Kevin. Um, Kevin has arguably one of the worst matchups when we pick him. It's fucking outstanding with how often we pick Kevin and Kevin shits the bed. So I'm going to go back through this, this, the standings here with it. We are, where are we at? Kevin here, Kevin, we are, uh, Oh, and one, one, Oh, and two. Uh, we split on that one. So that's fine. We split on that one. That's fine. We just suck balls when we pick Kevin. The last one, the last couple of weeks, we've fucking yep. picked Kevin, and it's been fucking shit, and it's great. With it, I'm, well, taking, I'm taking Kevin here for the bad fucking juju. Go ahead, and if you want to split it, go ahead. I'm going to split it just because I think, you know, no, uh, to go back to Nick and Zane's game, I don't think that matchup has a chance really of going Nick's way. This one I do think has a chance of going your way. You have the studs. You have the lineup. You know, you have the players. Um just can they perform in this difficult matchup? You know, Josh Allen, we've seen him do it. You know, Christian McCaffrey, everyone talks about, like, you know, Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, Antonio Gibson, now James Robinson. You know, Christian McCaffrey is, like, still the king. And if he plays and he goes out on the field, he can get you 40 points, like, with it seems like almost no effort. Like, that's what he's capable of. So for your sake, I hope Christian McCaffrey plays. And I, do I believe that you're going to win? Not entirely. But I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities. And I need to make up a game. So I'm going to go with you in the upset. And, uh, yeah, that's where I'm at. Well, I mean, we're in week 14, baby. First round of the playoffs of COVID 2020. Something we never thought we would see potentially part of this year. But what a fun day. What a fun time. Playoffs. Playoffs. Good luck to the four teams playing this week. And... Me and Stefan are going to kick our feet up and laugh at what we see.